I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Loss of Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna pre-record that from now on because the fact that I keep saying that in in the same tone at the same speed every single time I need to probably change out. Bradley Todd, Brad, welcome again. Good evening, Tom. Good, good. Thanks for having on. Now, last week we had uh, JB Hansen and Francesco Laporta on this podcast. Um, and the one-two finish, which obviously is very nice. After Jason did that back in the, back in, where was it, Mallorca, wasn't it, Jason? That you, you put that one-two up, that's and uh, that's been a nice little run. Back then, was, got me. Sorry, back then it was eight to one winner, but carry on, it's fine. Yeah, no, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My dad's bigger than your dad, and all that. But you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a nice group performance. Is what I was yeah. going to say. Um, it did feel very much like it was me versus you two uh, going down the final stretch uh, in uh, Dubai. And, and we've just been speaking off air. Now, I will be the first to concede that JB Hansen rode his luck on occasions. Um, I think that there was a few drives that did bounce nicely into either the second cut or the fairway at times. Uh, when he did seem to lose it off the tee, he did seem to just find a nice little angle in, hit the green. What I would say is that every single pass that looked like he might not make, he did seem to just pour it straight into the cup. So mm-hmm. I do think that he earned his thing. And I think there was a couple of times, Jason, as you said, just before we come on, that Laporte was very tentative, wasn't he, with the birdie putts, um, playing like someone that was looking for his first title and probably his best ever chance of doing it, or definitely his very best chance of doing it. Um, and Jamie Hansen, maybe having that win last year, possibly helped him out. Yeah, that, I mean, they were in danger of somebody... Yeah, it wasn't, it was, do you know what? It's another course, a bit like we've had recently, where it wasn't it wasn't difficult, but I don't think it was as easy as we expected. Expect to be honest, yeah. Um, when the wind gets up <clears> on these tracks, and it's like it's like this, like this week's one, isn't it? Like the um, uh, mm. last year when the wind got up, it was an awful lot harder. Um, when there's no wind, it's a nothing track, and when there is, it's, it's it is a lot harder. It's just yeah, the fairways were so wide, and then you had the semi-rough, and you really had to be wrong not to be able to, to, to you know, at least recover the ball and at least give yourself a chance to, to save par. Yeah, look, JB done it well. I haven't forgiven him since 2012, I think it is. <laughs> Challenge, Challenge Tour final when he shanked his approach on the 17th, I think, when I had a lump on. But, um, you know, we have to get over these things, don't we? Yeah, eventually. I mean, it's only what nine years on now, so uh, we'll, we'll give you we'll give you the uh, the decade, and then we'll uh, move on to it. But it's uh, look, he was he was good for what he needed to do. I was wary that he left himself uh, a little pitch on the last hole. Uh, I do think that if Laporta put his approach on the green, um, that might that's what be you a very had to do, story, wasn't it? Yeah, Brad, that, that's what I was say. Yeah, oh, that's a completely well. So you're standing over it. He started, as you said, he started looking a bit tentative, didn't he? I mean, he got called up by, he was taking too long on his uh, parts and his shots, and he just, as you said, looks like a looked like a guy after his first title, didn't he? And yeah. uh, I didn't feel confident. The door was open, you know. He had that little tricky uh, chip, Hanson, down the last. I thought, come on, mate, just find the green anywhere on the green, or don't lose it left like Hanson did. And uh, instead, he lost it big right yes. in in the shit, and it was like, all right. And do you know what? I don't think he had, that was a tough shot out of there, but that was even a little bit 
tentative as well. Yeah. Like, even that side, like, he could have probably got a bit. I think he probably, if he had that back, think he obviously feel like he'd do a lot better there as well. But I'm sure he'd be kicking himself. But he gave us a great run for our money, yeah. so I can't, I can't grumble too much. Yeah. Sorry, do you not think there's, there's, there's becoming? This, I mean, I don't play, and if I do, that's certainly not to any standard. Um, Tom's miles better. Than um, <laughs> but I just think some, some of this thinking too much over putting is just it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It, I mean, they really, they're, they're, they're affecting their, themselves. I mean, Definitely. I don't know what, you know, you need to be, you know, you see them so natural at times, on, on like T to Green. Mm. And then this, this overthinking and this. Having, this, yeah, I, I, agree, I agree, Jason, yeah. But having said that, I do really like the way he sets himself over the part, like his routine. But, but as it just got even to the point on the final round, it was just overkill wasn't it he was doing it and he was just like his feet were going like tens to the dozen it was uh it was it was yeah it was unwatchable yeah. It, it's it's exactly why sorry tommy it's exactly why sergio ended up doing what he did is because he was just thinking and thinking and gripping and setting and gripping and setting and then he had he just do you remember that when he, he went through that few months yeah where it just it was like having dark i don't know if you dart in um dartitis you know dartitis that's that? new to me dartitis, <laughs> you actually can't let go of the dart you actually can't let go of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's a psychological thing. And it's exactly the same. It was mm. like they just can't get to a point where they're comfortable enough to play the shot. And I, I've got to be honest, there's so many of these of these people where they've read or the coach has told them or they've looked at the stats and obviously they're fantastic tee to green and their putting is shocking. And so they change everything and it just becomes it just becomes horrendous and I, I it can't do them any good. I just, just don't think it's no. I like I like what Fred said about the fact that he likes his process. I don't particularly like the process itself, but I like the fact that he's got one. And I like the fact that he generally stuck to it. And despite the fact they got rushed a bit, he kind of you know, mm. didn't let himself get out of speed. But like Jason said, it does look like he's kind of talking himself out of pretty much every part he was hitting on Sunday. Not so much every, every other day. And, and that obviously tells. But I was talking on, on the YouTube show just now that when I look at Sean Crocker, for example, who, who's had a terrible putting, right? But he doesn't—he doesn't strike me as someone that looks like he's struggling with it. Like it sounds really stupid because he's like possibly the worst putter on the European Tour this year. But it—it it looks like he eventually, like he'll get the run of the greens and he'll figure it out and it'll come. And I think that's something I can see in him. Whether I can see it in a Laporte where he becomes really, really good at it. And we talk about Wiesberger and, and Wiesberger used to be brilliant on and around the greens for a good period of time. And now suddenly his tee green game is so good. That's where he's struggling. So I think it's, it's such a feel part of the game. And like Jason said, that seems to have, they're trying to eradicate that now, like a Bryson where he tries to eradicate all the variables in every part of his game. Everyone seems to be trying to take all the variables out of putting. And there's probably still a little bit that you do need to, to feel what you're doing as opposed to, trying to take all that out i don't know what quite what i'm trying to say but i think people are trying mm. to get too too focused in and, and and that's when they lose the line and, yeah you know and the pace because i was thinking it yeah it, mm. it, there's there's a lot there and, and to be honest it was his first real i guess real real chance you know he's had good good chances in the past yeah, he's, he's had low rounds but that's felt like the time where it was really his definitely chance his best opportunity yeah, yeah. like yeah. It, it genuinely it looked like at one point that he was as likely as JB, if not more likely, at some point to win. Mm. Um, Honestly, I, I thought someone from out of outside of the the free the final ball was gonna um, was gonna break through. Like you said, Minwoo just sort of slowed down in the end. Um, 
Fiesberger obviously posted and like the clubhouse lead, and yeah. uh, even when Hansen put his chip there, I was like, Phew, he could be. If that goes to a playoff, I know I'd like my money on. You well, know? I think I, I think it just really like it psychologically really helped that Laporta just flanked it right out because yeah, had he had had Jamie had to make a birdie to avoid making a playoff exactly. of Laporta, yeah. I think he'd have gone almost Mild. double and lost mm-hmm. out, and and it would have been Beesberger that would have been playoff, and then. All of a sudden, you know, it, it's it's a tough scene, but you know, it is what it is. It's happened now. Uh, Hansen yep. won the quarter second, and uh, congratulations, buddy. Yes, thank you very much, and, and great pick with you guys as well. You know, we're we're very happy the fact you know that's three weeks now, Jason, isn't it? That you went one two Mallorca, two two in Portugal, uh, and then I've kind of scraped it back by putting a winner up. So it's uh, it's been a nice run. But on to the DP World Tour Championship, which is ironically the last event ever on the European Tour before it becomes the DP World Tour. So we've nice. now got instead of the DP World Tour Championships and the DP World Tour. Um, I don't really care. Like, I'm not that nostalgic about, you know, people are getting upset that it's, a, you know, mm-hmm. that it's the last ever European Tour victory. I, I just don't, it doesn't really bother me. I haven't me. really thought about it. No, I have You know you've said it, it's a little bit. <laughs> I feel, I feel yeah. like it's something that has to be said. Um, yeah. But the season starts again next week, so it's, uh, it's not like we're going to have a massive break. But... Um, Look, we've got Rory at six to one, Colin Morikawa seventeen to two, Matthew Fitzpatrick sixteens, Tommy Fleetwood eighteens, Abraham Answer eighteens, Sergio Garcia twenties. Jason, we spoke off air, um, and there was one probably one player that probably stood out for you as someone that you would have taken for the top that you didn't go there in the end. Oh, Tommy Fleetwood. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, I mean, just to say, just to say very quickly, I mean, I'm, I'm not getting nostalgic about the European Tour, but um, when you've got the clear number one that's played three events in Europe, tied 68, tied 71, and wins, which is a major, which everybody's going to turn up in, um, it's not the European Tour. And it's, I think it's absolutely disgusting. I have done for years. Um, and I don't think it should be allowed. And I think you should, have, you should have had similar things like Ryder Cup qualifications, where you have to play certain amounts to qualify for the European title. But this is money, as we said last year on this pod. You know, this is what money does, and it's. Um, the trouble is, and I, and I, I completely agree with that, mate. And we, we spoke about it last year, didn't we? Sorry to cut you off, but the trouble is, if you start enforcing those things, in players just won't turn up. Um, don't, don't. But then somebody, you're, but then you're the left balls. with. Well, no, no, no. Somebody had the balls to say this is the European Tour. Yeah. It, it's not anymore, be, though. It's a world there's, tour. There's got to be sponsors out there that. Um, that say, okay, we're now going to we are going to sponsor the proper European tour. You know, mm. this will be your, okay. It might it might lose slight status, but you know, we are actually going to get together. It's just not. It's all pandering to. But, but if you try and go to a sponsor and say, well, look, we with our new qualification, we can't guarantee that Rory, Tommy, Answer, Sergio, that's them. That's them, isn't it? That's that's the players. I mean, how much bloody money do you want? No, but then the, know, but then the sponsors aren't going to want to. Put an event on okay, the, event I, I, Tom, Tom, if I've got four hundred million pounds in the bank, <laughs> I'll play where I want. Yeah, I don't need a sponsor. Somebody can stand up. They don't all need to go, oh, no, it won't give me another four hundred million this month. I don't need another four hundred million. I'm gonna support the tour that brought me to this position. Mm-hmm. I can I've got my own private plane. I can fly anywhere I bloody like. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I understand you've got a brand, but somebody Stop. at some point and the only the only way things progress in this world is where somebody comes apart from the norm. Otherwise, we're all mm-hmm. being run. But and I, think... I can't believe that not one proper, not one top-of-the-world player will stand up and go, do you know what? It really doesn't matter. This is what I'm going to do. 
But I think there's, I think there's the old guard would always do that and support us all. You got the, the Westwoods and the and the Poulters and the Roses to a certain extent. You can't even get Paul Casey to do it, Jason. If you can't get Paul Casey to do it, how are you going to get Rory? You know, all that to do it. I'm not in, I'm not in the game. But I mean, it's just, I don't know. But I mean, I just think to myself, I, I don't know. What's who cares? You're, you're going to take part in the match. It's like my car. It doesn't matter. He turns up, turn up at the. Um, Open and won it, fantastic. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You're going to turn up at the majors anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, anyway, I've made my point. No, I, but I, just, I don't. How I, much more? How much more money do I need by going on the PGA tour? I don't need no more bloody money. I agree with the overwhelming message that Colin Morikawa shouldn't be leading this race of the bike. Like it, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And the the fact that what is there probably two or three guys that can win it that have actually been on tour all year you've got Richard Bland, Minwoo Lee and one of them definitely isn't going to win it um, so all of a sudden it does feel very harsh and you, you could have had you know the likes of Zalatoris winning things like that so it, it isn't good it, I think the formula just needs fixing and and they can get yeah. the players to play and just say, look, if, if you play and you only play two events, you're not going to be in contention. Rory's 20th in there and he's coming back to play it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in, instead of wasting it so much on the majors, just, you know, when they come over for the yeah. Scottish and the uh, well, Abu Dhabi. It, yeah. Like, there's, there's, it's more the formula of what they've put in the place themselves as opposed to they've let the players rig it themselves, basically. Mm. No, I agree there's with that. A, there's a lot. There's a lot there. It's like why is it played in Dubai? You know, it's it's yeah. used to have crowd drama. You can have Wentworth. You know, you'd get much bigger crowds. You get much more enthusiastic coverage. You you know everything about it would be better. It's no. all about. I don't have to like it. I know we hear no, every week. It is all just it, about the money in the end, isn't it? It's just. But, um, it's gross, and if I've got the platform to say it, I will be. No, mm-hmm. I'll take it all on board. I mean, that's what we're, that's what we're here to do. Um, I, I don't I say I don't agree with with the formula of it. What I do like is the players that have turned up this week. It does it makes it a better viewing event. Um, it's just a shame that the guys that are really committed to the tour probably don't. Have, you know, the Nikolai Hoyguards and the Rasmus Hoyguards and the, you know, the Wiesbergers and that that are probably not going to have a chance to win. Definitely not going to have a chance to win it. Um, get mm. a little bit left out, but there we go. Tommy Fleetwood. Anyway, Tommy Fleetwood. Sorry. Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. Go back to <laughs> going back to the, in, the initial point. <laughs> Went off on one. Of Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what you know, really. What no, it's got to be said. I, I agree, mate. I do agree. I, with I, it. Okay, Tommy Fleetwood. I, I can't see him being kicked out of the frame. Don't want to back him at the price. We all know what he's going to do. He's done exactly the same over the weekend. Where, um, but it's funny. Tommy Fleetwood leaves one on the edge of a of a of a hole, and we all, oh, that's unlucky. Mm. Sean Crocker does it, and we all go, oh, what a bad putter. I, no, I thought it was incredibly painful watching Tommy Fleetwood over the weekend. Brad, me and you were speaking earlier. Um, yep. You've obviously gone with Tommy Fleetwood this week. Um, it's yep. one of your selections. I, it like he hasn't. Met, I think it's all mental. Like, I don't think there's necessarily much wrong with his putting stroke. Um, he hasn't really been right since the pandemic for one reason or another. Young family, whatever. Um, but he is just leaving so many putts in the jaws. To the you know to oh, the left and right, but it, it, it? yeah. it's not even it, close at times. Yeah, and I'm going like like you said, I've taken him this week, and I'm gonna endure that frustration of actually uh, being on him. Yeah, but hey, I've, I've I've seen a lot of improvement, you know, in his driving and his irons, and he sort of as much as like missing his parts, and he's not even looking not looking that great around the greens either. Yeah. It's just. Uh, 
there was a time, you know, last week I thought he was he's he's in an opportunity. If he shoots the lights out on Sunday, he could give him shout, like a shout of winning. And I thought that's annoying because I wanted to take him for this. Like I, I do, I have seen enough. Like since the Dunhill links, he's just been gradually improving. He had like a tied seven at the Zozo as well as yeah the Dunhill links as well. So he's not a million miles away, and he's like his record speaks for himself in in this part of the world and yeah. uh, and on this course you know yeah i'm well, just to name a few like a few sorry he's 10th last year second the previous year and 16th in 2018 so obviously enjoys this course and yeah the, the only issue is is it's just the flat stick and it's a painful watch and as i said to you earlier he's he's experimenting with putters at the moment which isn't ideal um i think he was using an odyssey prototype putter last yep. week um, and it wasn't even the one he was meant to be trying um, but he ended up using it and I don't know whether it was good enough to warrant using it again so who knows probably not a, <laughs> you know so you'll probably have another putter in the in the bag this week but I've done know I've seen enough and I just just hope that he gets a, a hot putter he's obviously that's all he's bloody working on at the minute <laughs> I mean he was 13th last week tee to green so it's it's not he's just not a million miles away and on a course he's got good memories on who knows it could just all come together oh it's a good job we've got uh, an equipment expert on the uh, on the podcast in jason at golf wrx but um look it's i think that the, the point you make about fleetwood is, is very poignant in the fact that his ball striking has come back so whereas he was kind of scrapping around and not really contending throughout the earlier parts of the year because his driving and his irons weren't relied upon as they mm. usually were and all facets of his game were kind of off. He's now got that elite skill coming back. Um, the only reason I... Well, that's the only reason I, did, I don't like watching him putt. But the other reason I've, I've gone elsewhere is because Bernd Wiesberger is hitting the ball better than he is. Better than mm-hmm. anybody else in the field uh, by a significant margin. Um, and again, he's got the same weakness. But the good thing about the putting being your weakness is that yeah. you've got the best parts of your game to rely on. Because if you can't hit the ball tee to green, then you've got no oh, chance yeah. to contend anyway. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. for me, Jason, I mean, I don't know how Bernd Wiesberger or uh, anyone came in your line of thinking, but you know, I, I thought he was perfect. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think we've, we've all gone for people that can go to a green and can't putt. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, you know, it's um, it's going to be an inter- it will be a fascinating event because of that. Um, I agree with you. I mean, I for me, Fleetwood. Fleetwood and Casey, actually. I thought Casey was too big, but I'm not sure how much he, he's up for it. Yeah. Um, you never know. So, so both of them have both of them have obvious claims. I thought Wiesberg had now gone 20s because obviously Ben's put him up. I thought it was too short for yeah. me. Um, if you want a better putter, it's Fitzpatrick, isn't it? Um, mm. You know, I mean, you can't really get a better record around here, um, especially for somebody that's not lauded as one of the best. You know, he is... I, I was having a go at him earlier in the year, I, I remember. Um, but... He's he's extremely impressive. Well, I remember you saying last year as well that you hadn't you can't believe he's won as many as he has, and that's he, that's he, testament he, to his game, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, hundred yeah. uh, percent. You know, and and I think if you want a putt and it comes down to it, then I think definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It, it you know, feels um, like an Ian Poulter where he gets the absolute most out of his game, and, and Ian Poulter's done it for years, and Fitzpatrick will continue to do it for years. Whereas I think there's probably a bit more expectation on Fitzpatrick do you think that's fair Jace when he first came out that he was lauded as being particularly impressive as opposed to Poulter but it strikes me as someone that they've got a fairly limited skill set uh, in terms of off the tee and that but they just make the, the putts and the, and the chippings when they matter 
I like this band. I like the fact that he hasn't tried to go off and get masses off the tee. Yeah. Um, and he, he, you know, he's been tremendously successful at it in all types of courses. You know, he was brilliant at Valderrama. I mean, I know that I know that Soderberg let it go, but he was. He was. Yeah. Give a monkeys what anybody else was doing. He played his game. And he was. He went about his business, didn't he? Just got the yeah, job he, done. Exactly, and he did it here last year. Everybody was watching Pat Reed. Everybody's watching Westwood. Mm. Uh, and and all Fitzpatrick done is he played his game and he was just tremendous. And uh, I I find it hard, but you see when you're looking at him and you start start adding it up and you, you're betting under three to one for certain groups to win. I, I can't bring myself to do it, but. Of course, you know, you could see any of those top five or six, uh, you know, with their name in front on Sunday. And it's, it's no surprise. It just, I can't pick between them. And therefore, at four one, three to one, fight the two, the group, I, I can't play. So, yeah. I agree with that. And obviously, you know, we, we, we've both uh, both agreed on Bernd Wiesberger, Brad, uh, you know, you've gone with Tommy Fleetwood as well. Um, yeah. Chase, I thought you might have gone with Minwoo Lee this week. Yeah. Um, the only reason. Sorry, Tom. The only I do think last week is significant yeah. with this. I know I know you've got a few players in that are obviously better class, but I, I you know you have to be informed in my opinion. And you have to be really confident in your in your tee to green play. The only reason I didn't go with Minwoo Lee is because despite the fact he was six off the tee as we'd expect, yeah, um, he was thirty fourth in poor par five performance, and that on a relatively simple course is mm-hmm. is I think might tell here in the end. Um, Look, he, he gets. I think he needs another year, another two years, maybe, and probably another year. Um, I know he's funny enough. Um, he just still seems quite green at times. Hasn't really got a uh, not a game plan, but, but doesn't manage his game. It's all about can I hit the green for 302 yards as opposed to mm-hmm. what's my best approach for this. This yeah. um, I get what you mean there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I, I nevertheless, in a 60-man field, you know, at 30 or one. Uh, where there are doubts about Patrick Reed, who obviously probably wants it a lot more difficult, as does Shane Lowry, um, he, he is real interest. I, I just, it, it, you know what? If I looked at the figures, and it shouldn't be put off by one figure, but if it had been, if it had been seventh or eighth in par five performance, I probably yeah. would have had it. Yeah. I think. I, thought he let I think the thing for me with, with Mimuli is that now he's kind of this is now the arena that we expect him to perform in, right? So. Next year, as you've said, is, is a massive year for him. If he can kick on from what he's done, he's gone and won a very impressive event in the Scottish Open and performed pretty well since, uh, well, excellently since, really. And it felt like yesterday that, or even over the weekend in general, it didn't really look like he found a second gear. Like, he never really, he kind of mm. cruised to that result. And he, it, he was the one, yeah, he was the one I was most fearing. I thought he was yeah. just going to catch fire at any port, like, fearless, just... Um, Kat, yeah, I thought he was just going to go on a little run and uh, yeah, nab it, but yeah, he didn't in the end. Yeah. And it, but it felt like it, it was there, like it was ready to go. It just felt like he didn't quite put the foot down. And I think that's going to be the difference between him and the, the others above him in, in the betting, in, in the Tyrrell Hattons and the, and the Wiesbergers at times and, and people mm. like that. But he really needs to, whereas he made those two bogeys at 14 and 15 that ultimately cost him a chance of contending. He, one of those would have made an eagle at some point on those par fives. Yeah, it's just game management, I think, yeah. as you're attaching up on. I think that is really his biggest downfall. I mean, other than that, there's nothing wrong with his confidence. He's got all the ability in the world, you know, all the shots. But it's just playing the right shot at the right time. And, you know, sometimes not just going big or go home, you know, you know, sort of approach. So, I don't know. Yeah, But game management, I think, is the only thing that's sort of holding him back at the, second, at the minute. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a good point by Jason made there and yourself. And 
I think I think this is going to be really telling. Like, I think this performance here this week and the start of the not so much I don't suppose he'll play in South Africa, but the start of the of the 2022 calendar year where he goes to Abu Dhabi and Dubai and all that sort of stuff. If he can get himself another performance in there, maybe a win or at least a top five, a couple of those, like he'll really announce himself. And then he can start mm-hmm. going towards a PJ tour where he'll inevitably go. So it's interesting to see how it unfolds. But Jason mentioned Patrick Reed there. And I was looking back for his record. He's Great got two tenths, a second, a third, and a 28th here. Uh, he was 10th on debut, where he was third after 54 holes. When he was 10th on the second performance, he was first after the first round, sixth by the second round, and kind of fell away. The second, he was first after 54 holes. And the third last year, he was first after 54 holes as well. So he is always in the mix. Now It's a trap. It's that, a trap. That's, the, that's the worry. Is, is that one twenty-eighth place finish that he has got here the most likely result given... The form that he's in, yeah. mm, that's the um, way I'm because the the concern was he had that second place finish in Bermuda, right? And it was so tough. And and if if he'd have finished twentieth in one of those two events since then, where it looked like oh, it was just purely him being ill and injured that held him back, and once he got over that, it was game on. But because he's been so disappointing since, it feels like he isn't in the you know of the ability at the moment or the form mm-hmm. to compete, and that's a concern. But he did shoot a 65 in Mexico, one more rounds. I think he shot 66 or 67 last week. Like, there's just some signs, and he would be the one of the of the top lot that, if he won, I'd be looking at myself going, he was 30 to one in a European Tour event. Like, I know the better players are here. I know Rory's here. I know Colin Morrow's here, but it just felt like he was slightly a bit too big. Uh, I don't know, man. I I honestly just have no interest in yeah. him at all. But I, like not even a slight bit. I just don't think he's anywhere near his uh, his game. Like I get, I get all that though. I get what you say. But I mean, even last week, that, that's his bread and butter. Them kind of events, yeah. man. You know, them tough scoring um, in his home state. I it just he just didn't didn't, he didn't play well at all, did he? And, no, uh, I think I think he's very volatile at the moment. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Like if he can bring it back this week. And he performs really well and does what he does on this golf course, and yeah, kind of I mean, just shows. a good spot for him. Yeah, but, um, you, surely he's been in much better form than this coming in in the past. That's the way you got to look at it, really. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, he's always been someone that's it's hard for him to be really consistent because he hasn't got the skill set to win everywhere, is he? So it, whereas mm. like you say, it's concerned that the two events he has kind of cropped up in less. recent. Five yeah. points less, you can take Horschel, despite not playing in the the Middle East, yeah. I don't think, or I'd much rather be on him at twenty five to one than Reed thirty to one. Yeah, no, I think I think the way they're playing, you like if you if you just look mm. at them at all on paper and took the names out of it, then yeah. it's impossible to disagree. And that's what you've got to do, Jace, I think. Um if you, Patrick, I mean Reed I, I actually as he got harder last year, you thought he'd improve and he didn't. He yeah. a lot of, I, I vague memory he lost the ball into bunkers and he couldn't get up and down. Um, you know, he didn't seem a but, you know, current form is, is worse than shocking, I think. Um, last six events, he's lost strokes to the field off the tee, tee to green and approaches, right? You can't scramble your way out of that. That 65 was in, in the Bermuda was, an, I mean, that was just an unbelievable round. Um, you know, I, I don't, but I don't know where he's got it from because judged on the way he's playing, it's, it's, it's been a fluke and there is no way he can win this, this event. Um, 
well, it just it just be amazing. It's it's he does it for any of the any of the any of the um, recent winners who have had top tens in their you know in their past twice. I mean, that, take that Bermuda effort away, and it's just a appalling card. No, that's it's pretty much how I'm thinking. I just I just think that it's hard to. That's to an interesting discussing point though yeah sure. definitely but the other thing the, the reason i bring it up and because i'm now going to come and make the case for dean burmeister at 40 to 1 <laughs> and, and say that he's got two fourth place finishes in the 14th here and that should be enough to back him in a field of this class and because what i like about him is the fact that he's actually playing better this year than he was those two times he's finished for he's done those in top grade events in top class fields and mm-hmm. and he's probably going to be able to do it again like he loves his golf course loves the style of event it just feels like when you look at who you're comparing him to in terms of the price it's, it's a little bit short and i thought that the fact that he was hemorrhaging strokes over the weekend and kept dropping away mm-hmm. was, was going to help but it, it didn't do as much as i thought it would but i think you're on the same wavelength for me uh, Brad, yeah you like him no I, no yeah i definitely like him but I, yeah, I was kind of like a bit annoyed last week when I saw him get off to a pretty good start. I was thinking, because he, he was in my thoughts last week as well. I thought I missed the trick. He was inside the top 10, wasn't he? Four shots back after two rounds. And, yeah. But he's he was awful off the tee, wasn't he? Really, I think, what did he rank in the end? Ranked 60th, yeah, I think, in the field. Something like ranked yeah. 63rd, 60-something in the field. Off the, and that's usually like his strength you know, off the tee. So approach game was also poor. So yeah, you, you're looking like... It wasn't there for him last week, but his putting was his putter was hot, yeah. really hot. Yeah. Um, so look, as you said, kind of banking on the fact that he's had a couple good finishes here in the past, and he's had a really good year. It could just—I'm saying that's just a little blip. That's just him coming back into the competitive European Tour environment after a win in Sun on the Sunshine Tour. You know, you can sort of play that narrative a little bit and just hoping that. His game, like, you know, strong off the tee game, returns this week, and uh, along with an approach. But yeah, he, we all know Burmy has the game to compete on these type of courses. Like we've seen it all the time. It's uh, it's a good fit for him. But yeah, it wasn't that encouraging of a performance last week. But it, it definitely helped the price. You know, forty fives. I got him forty fives, but forties, forty fives. That's um, it's more more than enough. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I'm going to go with Danny Willett. Now, I sort of went back and forth on him a little bit uh, and wondered whether it was just because he'd done that favourite Dunhill, 100 to 1 or whatever. But when you look at it, like, he's actually played pretty decent since that win. You know, nothing nothing too special. He's 21st and 27th, but both on the PGA Tour. Um, he's hitting the ball okay. But I just think when he's coming back into a course that absolutely, like, he loves, and, and he does love it as much as like he did the Dunhill links, got a first, a fourth and a fifth. Like, I just think it's a great price in a in a 53-man field, whatever it is this week. You've got a player that was terrible at his golf course for a long period of time uh, and figured it out when he made that fourth-place finish. And then since then, he's got a fourth, a first, a fifth. And then even when he was 32nd last year, that was a 77 on the final day when he wasn't really in the form that he's obviously been in winning form this, this recent month, shall we say. Um I just thought there was plenty to like about Danny Willett at 55 to 1. Definitely. Yeah, I think I spoke to you earlier saying that I think that's a, a really good price and just the fact that he just loves it here, doesn't he? And uh, he's one of them players who just shows up and obviously he loves a Rolex event. <laughs> he's just a big money winning player. So, yeah, I, I really like that bet. And he just he can win. You know, that's what I think is really important. 
you look at the people that won here this year, uh, I mean, in the past, you know, it normally produces a, a top-class winner, doesn't it? So, yeah. um, and he is of that caliber. You know, he's won here back in 2018. So, why can't he do it again? As did Rahman Fitz. So. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And, and Jason, I was saying to you that I think, well, saying in general that I think that if you're going to have a long shot in this field, or you're going to take on a bit of an outsider, which is the range we're getting into now on a 30-man field, or sorry, 53-man field, you have to take people that you think have winning upside, and you know that can go on and win. And Danny Willett is someone that can win in this arena at any level. Danny Willett can win. He's proven that at the Masters. Proven at you know at really really top European tour events, all the flagship events etc. So there is no concerns about Danny Willett being able to cope with the pressure against any one of these players if he gets off to a quick enough start. All the players you've said so far, you've convinced me of this. I'm jumping in on Willett. <laughs> there we go. That's good to hear. Yeah, he, uh, he, I mean he repeats form at certain places, doesn't he? So yeah. He repeats, mm-hmm. he repeats it in Dubai. He repeats it um, at the links. He repeats form all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, you could stretch the, the old, uh, you know, history point about he had to go top 10. It's not that long ago yeah. that he won the links. He, and when he when he puts himself up, then you do have to be up there in this event. Um, you know, if you're 10 behind after the first round, don't bother. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the call and, and I'm going on as well. Yeah. I, just, I just think that, like, and this is, this is going to sound like I'm picking on one person to make my point, but Antoine Rosner's there at 60-20, who completely lost his game yesterday. Like, we're just could not mm. like there was no way he was coming back after those hooks started he's completely out of sorts yesterday you, you're going to watch that and think that he can come back at 60 to 1 and not back someone that's won what eight nine times the european tour 50 times. Uh, uh, yeah i mean if, if you're looking at if you're looking at you know and again i'm not knocking your pick but yeah. the current price for beastberger at 20 yeah, yeah who's struggling to get it done purely on the greens we know that yeah, yeah. and then you look at reed who we think is completely out of form um you know, fifty-five to one, Danny Willett is uh, is wrong. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's it's absolutely fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, send us the the dream on Sean Crocker this week. <laughs> you know what? We, I, I laugh because we were having to go at like, Fleetwood and, uh, and Beesburg Greens, and, and yeah, honestly, honestly, I I'm okay. I said to you earlier, I'm, I'm hoping to wait for the without market. Um, I haven't seen it up at Sky, but I haven't seen it on Betfair Sportsbook yet. So I'm hoping they bet without probably uh, Rory Morikawa, uh, Fitzpatrick and Fleetwood, I think. They might shove answer in, I'm not sure, but you know, I don't know. Um, so I'm hoping for that. And, and Sean Crocker will be... Um, I will be playing Sean Crocker in quite a lot this yeah. week. Um, look, we all know, look, he's next, ironically, he's next to... Um, um, yeah, Laurie no, Cantor. Laurie Cantor, thank you. He's next <laughs> to Laurie Cantor in the market, which is, you know... The irony, um, but I do think Cantor is now. I think we believe, correct if I'm wrong, that Cantor will stumble over the line yeah. when he wins. I think Crocker's got a slight. For me, he's more likely to win an event. Uh, obviously, look, there's there's no dispute in what he's been doing since basically since lockdown. Um, it was a matter we discussed it before. He obviously withdrew uh, from the links. You had information, and I think. Was he fell in a hole or something, didn't he? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And we've been watching him for a while. Um, look, you, you, you see it yourself. You know, top 50 mm. in Mallorca. He's then gone top 20 at Portugal, finishing the 68. And last week, I thought he was actually excellent. Um, you know, it, it, look, it's in front of you. It's on tour tips. It's third tee to green, fifth off the tee, seventh in par five, fifth in birdies. 
it's it's his tea to green game is as good as anything. It's yeah. as good as Beesburgers. It's as good as Fleet. Yeah, it really is. It's just a matter of Making obviously they've, they've got it in their mind that they they know they can win. I, I I hope Crocker hasn't got it in his head that he can't. I don't think he has yet. I think no. Cantor has. He can see it in his face when he comes down to the seventy first hole and he's a chip and a putt. You can see mm-hmm. he's absolutely gripping it. Um, I don't think Crocker's got to that stage yet. He's, like I say, I think his tee to green game is just stunning. I'm waiting for him to come back. Last week's show, he's coming back. Um, I'm, I'm very, very happy. 14th on his debut round here, when it was just sort of after that lockdown period, if you like. Nobody really knew what he was. Um, I have 55, 60 to one first seven. I don't care what price he's without the top four. I'll be on. Um, that's mm. it. Yeah, I think I think for me, and and you, you we saw the missed putts that, like that you've missed, like that some of them were horrendously short, and and some of them did seem to bother him. But the the thing that kind of stood out to me, and something you you mentioned about Mimu Lee earlier, Jace, is that when you look at Saturday, he parred the par five fifth, parred the par five thirteenth, parred the par five eighteenth, then on Sunday, parred the par five fifth, parred the par five eighteenth as well. So all of a sudden, forget about the putts that he's missed. If he just makes a couple of birdies in there, he's right back in the hunt again. Um, the 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 missed parts probably affect the, the bogeys that he's made as opposed to the ones that he missed out on and scoring. Um, so the, the upside, what I'm trying to say, is that he takes advantage of those and and capitalises on the T-screen game because, as you said, he had that kind of injury injury concern at the Dunhill links and and his form dropped off which suggests that it was a it was an injury but it was short term because since then he's come back um so yeah i, I really like sean crocker i'd love to see him get it done um and, and i think he makes a, a great selection here i do think he's a, a without type because you know yeah. he's i think he could be a seventh or eighth place finish and you're sharing quite a lot of places or whatever but you know it, i think he's a, i think he's a decent bet i don't know much else to say about it um Brad, over to Martin Keimer for you. Yeah, Marty. Um, just uh, seven years without a win, and it would be uh, a bit <laughs> something if he could uh, could do it this week. Um, but yeah, he's he's lost a bit of distance, and which doesn't help. But he's never really lit lit it up here, to be honest. He's had seven top twenty finishes. Like he's obviously had a very a great record in his heyday when he was. Uh, firing he, in Abu Dhabi he used to what he, how many wins he had he had two wins should have had three third, wins three, three, three Four, wins yeah. and two runners up yeah three wins two runners up I mean he really does like it this part of the world but yeah for someone of, with his ability he seems way too long without a win and uh it just just itching to see him come back and last week it was a, a solid performance and I know he's had a lot of those and then doesn't really back up the next week uh but he was not good off the tee, but he was very good on approach. And, yeah, as I said, he's not as long as he used to be. But on this, I just feel like he's just, uh, he's got that, as we were saying. He's a, he's a class act. And he I know he might not say as much anymore uh, because he hasn't got the job done when he's when he's been in contention. But we're talking about people, like we're saying, long shots that you think you could who could win? And I mean, he he's won it. Well, he hasn't quite won it all, but he's won a hell of a lot more than everyone else in the field. And I think people forget that. And uh, if he does, I just hope that it could be a good spot for him, and it could come all together for him this week. And like I say, he's got certain, he's got lots of experience here, but um, his best finish has only been a, a top ten, 
Right. Top uh, ten. Uh, and that and that was what I was going to say is that I think I think we've seen the upside of Martin Kimer at this golf course, and that's my only concern is that if he wasn't doing it. Understand, yeah. Back that's in his it. heyday. Yeah, right? I, I literally nearly put myself off because yeah. of that that thought process. Um, but I, at the same time, I was thinking, you know what? It's, it's one of those. I get I get gutsy plays sometimes. It was just a feeling, and um, just uh, he was one of those this week. I just uh, it was it was between him and uh, Nikolai, and I thought, you know what? I'm going I'm going to go with the Marty party instead. I think so. I think the thing with that is is that the, the, the nice thing you can do is obviously on tour tips is, is when you look at the course forms you can hover over the, the the result and look round by round and you look back in 2010 for example third after day one fourth after round two had a bad weekend um, same situation when he was tenth he was first after the first day seventh after the second day pretty poor weekend um, and then even last year when he was fourteenth. You know, he played, I think he was fifth after round one, ninth after round two. So he's actually been in and around the lead mm. more often than his results suggest. It's just... It's something, don't you? Yeah, yeah it's just... Sorry, something it's, don't quite get there in the end. But yeah. with, with, considering his record in this part of the world, it's sort of like, I don't know, it's, he's never really hit it off here. So no, it, maybe it, that's something that's... Uh, annoying him somewhat inside maybe he's come back for revenge this week <laughs> I think I think, the, I think the, the ridiculous thing is is that we would all expect if Martin Kimer to come back that he comes back at Abu Dhabi or he comes back at one of the other you courses so, that he's won yeah. and and maybe that that's just not going to happen right? he's won the Daniel Links, he's won the Scottish Open he's won whatever he's won WGC's and US Opens in the past so it's mm. it's he, he's got the upside 100% it's just where we probably think he's going to win an Abu Dhabi event when he finally gets back in the winner's circle again where he should have won four times were it not for a, a capitulation on the final day and, and Gary Stowe who took advantage of that but it's I guess what it what it is is that maybe he actually does do it somewhere like here where he, he's never kind of shown it in the past so it'd be interesting to see mm, what happens that's it, yeah. be, it, as I say it was a bit of a gutsy in, yeah, gutsy play, yeah. stomach play, well, but yeah. Sometimes they're the best ones. I think I think you have exactly. to kind of yeah. take a chance. I think sometimes we get paralysed by statistics. I certainly do. A lot of course mm. correlation stuff. I mean, that, that was what happened with Danny Willett. I just went, well, he's back on a course that he sort of you know, loves and he's playing better than maybe his miscuts look like, so we'll take him on board. But, you know, there we go. Adrian Moronk interests me at somewhat of this range. He did. He um, did, me too. Power player off the tee. A lot of upside there. Should I think he's the type of person that will shoot a, a 64 or 65 at a weekend, but possibly when he's out of contention. Um, Jason, you liked Francesco Laporta as well. I, I do like Laporta this week. Um, I know, look, we discussed him earlier at the beginning, so we won't go over it. But, I mean, um, you know, look at his, his play. I mean, it's been staggering. And what I think it is, is whereas his advantage of accuracy maybe wasn't so great over the weekend, but you know, we discussed JB, but there are others. It's going to count a lot more this week, you know. Um, look, when he was fourth in Italy, six teeth of green, fifteenth in putting, six at Wentworth, fourth off the tee, ninth teeth of green, twenty third in putting, blah blah blah. Portugal, he was seventh, twelfth off the tee, twenty third teeth of green, seventh in putting. And last week, when he was second, second off the tee, eleventh teeth of green, twelfth in putting, he's flying. Um, he's really looking forward to this week. Interview were really positive. Obviously, he's going to have a little bit of disappointment, not winning. But like he said, you know, he didn't even. He was missing the cut. He, was, he was, didn't have his card, you know, uh, literally until uh, Italy. Um, I, I thought he was superb. I, I, his figures are great. Um, 
he obviously likes this. He's only got to go up the road, isn't he? So he's going up the road around the corner to the local shop. Um, so where he's finished twice in succession. Um, it, it's, do I think he can win? No, probably not. Uh, do I think 70 to 1 for a top seven or 33 to 1 if they bet without the top five? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to think that his game can get him in the mix um, mm-hmm. and that he'll continue to, to improve. So, yeah, I'm very happy with him. Yeah, no, I like that. I think I think that would be as far down as I would go. Um, you know, you've got Thomas Dietrich here at 80 to 1 if he's ever going to break through. Maybe it's in a big event. Um, I just couldn't I couldn't get to anyone in triple digits. The only person that I thought might outperform his odds, but I don't expect him to actually do much, is Jason Scribner. I think he's one of those people that might be worth a little DraftKings play for people to do that. He's like mm-hmm. basically the minimum salary. Um, played decently last week, so he was flying straight over from the Corn Ferry. Um, and, you know, he's played one in the past, he's got a 10th, and he's had a second in, in uh, Abu Dhabi early in the year. So I think there's, there's interest there. But, Jace, Guido Mugliozzi was someone that you, you kind of looked at? And... Yeah, I like Guido. He's not in the sort of form that I think he can win this. He's a bit, he's a bit, um, another one that I think needs another year to just learn a little bit more about his game. Mm-hmm. He's another one that just, you know, he just, him, well, he just smashes it, doesn't he? Trying to balance both tools he again loves, as well. He loves the adulation, doesn't he? And fair play to him. And, and obviously Sky will put him up, obviously. Yeah, he's um, still a popular pick, won't he? He'll still be a very popular pick uh, this week. But but... Yeah, but really. I mean, it's, it's the course for him, but it's not the field for him, I don't think. I just don't think he's got that yeah, but... guile at the moment. Laporta or Migliozzi, though, at the moment, current form, you'd take... Laporta, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be Laporta every day, wouldn't it? Um, which is... Which Do you know is... what? Do you know what? It's funny, because when um, Rosner done, um, done Guido last year, um, I, I can see exactly the same at some point. I can see Laporta coming from behind and doing exactly the same to him. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Do you know what? There's, there's so much promise. There's so, so many promising players in this field, like you've already mentioned. You know, the Hogarth brothers. I mean, I think Nikolai's... Right. I think Minwoo Lee and Nikolai Hogarth are right for America when mm-hmm. they eventually get there. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much promising stuff. It's not, this isn't, there are a few that you can obviously put a line straight through, but there are some that you think that there's no ceilings from at the moment. Mm-hmm. I just wonder what they're going to do. We haven't even mentioned Sergio, for example. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, look, for me, I think, um, I think everybody would discuss, particularly, all has a major chance and if Morikawa turns up as Morikawa, he'll win yeah. by six. That's it. It's the only, um, only person we're not really spoken it. about, isn't it? But yeah. it's, and I like your point about Sergio as well, is that he's one of those players that's been playing really, really well here without any sort of reward in terms of wins. Uh, consistently played well here in the last three or four years. And uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting how he gets on because I think he's playing a lot better than, than people give him mm. credit for. Um, so didn't quite get there on the price because I like Weisberger so much. But um yeah, I, I, I like that. Any more thoughts, Brad, before we move on to the RSM? No, no, that's, that's it, mate. Cool. Naturally, on this show, we talk a lot about peak performance and having a whole package when it comes to winning golf tournaments. But you know who else focused on these two areas as well? Manscaped. Manscaped took their Lawnmower 4.0 product and put it together with all the necessary components to make the Performance Package 4.0. Including this package is the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, which takes care of nose and ear hair, the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, which are essential for your balls, and two free gifts, including a premium wash bag and a pair of anti-chafing boxes. 
Now this set is normally $218, but is $130 for a limited time only. And with our 20% code LFW20, that will now be brought down even further to $104. In the UK, this will be £96 instead of £120. And again, the Performance Package 4.0 helps you and these elite golfers, if they so wish, stay in peak shape below the waist. That is code LFW20 for 20% off site-wide and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com. So over to the RSM Classic in uh, in Georgia there, Sea Island or St. Simmons Island and then Sea Island Resort. Um, you know, we know what this course is these days. We know what the event is or two courses if you like. Uh, Scotty Scheffler and Webb Simpson are joint favourites at 14 to 1. Cameron Smith at 16 to 1, Corey Connors and Louis Oosthuizen at 25 to 1, Harris English 28 to 1, and Russell Henley at 30 to 1. Um, Brad, I'll come to you first this time. Was there anyone that really appealed to you at the top of the market? Not quite, not enough. Um, but obviously, there's some names there that do appeal. I mean, Webb Simpson, Corey Connors, um, Cam Smith. I expect them all to go well, but yeah, I couldn't get there price-wise with them. No, I think, you know, when we listened back, Jason, to our podcast last year, we were, you know, quite high on Webb Simpson at the price, even even at short price, because we felt like he was probably slightly disrespected compared to the others around him. Um, and obviously his chances are no less this year. But um, I, I certainly wouldn't be backing either of them at the top of the market at 14 to 1. Um, was there anyone that kind of stood out for you? And one you mentioned. Sorry? Uh, I mean, they, they, like you said, they've all got to, anybody back Sheffield at that price is mental. We <laughs> um, uh, can't. It's, it's, it's impossible. Um, I, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I thought Harris English was, was potentially one. Um, but I've, I've left them all alone. And um, I think the next one is one of your bets. So I just couldn't go there at the price. But I understand why you're going to why you're going to have him. Let's just talk about Harris English very quickly. Um, there's probably quite a lot of temptation for people to take him. Um, mm-hmm. He was pretty decent at the Ryder Cup. Um, he's been phenomenal for the best part of the year, uh, well, most of the year, really, uh, and some of last year as well. It has been slightly concerning, I think, his form. You know, obviously not just the withdrawal and the miscut that he's had in his last two starts, but he was 17th out of 30 people at the Tour Championship, 26 out of 70 at the BMW, uh, mm-hmm. 31 out of whatever it was at the Northern Trust, slightly more, 100 I think it was. You know, that, that wasn't wasn't good form at all. He wasn't good at the Open when we expected him to, but bounced right back at the FedEx St. Jude. I hope, like, for his sake, he needs to take advantage of this little couple of week break I think that he's had, or two or three weeks break, because he he did look like he was burning out after a really successful 21 break. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like uh, they're just, uh, the, as you mentioned, the form for me was hasn't been nearly as good enough to sort of get me on board this week. You know, the CG, CJ Cup with Drew Dinney and uh, Shriners missed the cut as well. It's just obviously he's had a bloody good year, and, yeah. um, but it just uh, it's just tailed off, and he could come back refreshed this week and on a, you know, it's a home home event for him and, and it's just he could just shoot the lights out and he's good enough as he's proven so but yeah I've, I definitely haven't seen I couldn't get there at all with him no. yeah, as you as you said the form was a bit concerning recent court form but yeah um, let's go to one that we do both like then Brad before we before we move on is in Russell Henley um yep he strikes me as a player that everyone's been waiting for Aaron Wise to come back and get the win that 
his form's kind of promised and, and a return to form for him. Uh, everyone's been looking for Taylor Gooch to get his first one, Maverick McNeely, etc. Et and it's actually been Russell Henley that, that really stands out from a ball striking point of view as someone that, that is overdue. Like He's got a first, second and 19th his last three starts in strokes gain approach, sixth, second and 18th for tee to green. His ball striking is absolutely phenomenal and his putting mm. actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was last week when I looked at the numbers. Um, I, I kind of had it in my head that if he'd had a good putt in a week, he'd have won, but it, that wasn't really the case. Mm-hmm. It's just a couple of short ones that I saw to the eye. Um, I kind of compared him to Wiesberger in the sense that he looks like he's ball striking as good as it's ever been. And, and he was kind of someone that relied on as a good putter and a good short game player for, for a good period of his career. And that just mm-hmm. seems to have deserted him. But if he can carry on that form, I mean, the, the kind of correlation courses that I looked at, both brought up Sony Open and Honda, which he's won both of those. Well, exactly, yeah. That's, so uh, I think he's a great bet. I know 30 to 1 looks a little bit short, and I'd take what Jason would say on that on, on board, but I think at 30 to 1 at eight places, I really like it. Mm. Me too, mate. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And anything anything further to add before we uh, move on from him? Um, no, just, I just think last, because obviously he has a bit of problem when he does get in contention and look like winning as do most of the guys we spoke about <laughs> on the European tour um, but yeah I think that seventh last week sets him up really nicely going into this event like he wasn't in he could have he could have got in contention if he had a better Sunday or maybe uh, you know but he, he wasn't quite there so it's like he probably is not going into this event in like bad spirits to say oh I've thrown that one away you know because he wasn't quite ever that much in contention last week do you know what I'm saying yeah but, yeah Instead, he's sort of going into this event, which he obviously knows and wants to do well in. Like as, as you said, ball striking is just phenomenal. Um, good course and comp history with his wins. Bit of local knowledge, added motivation in his home state. It just it just looks a bet even at thirty to one. So yeah, the one directly behind him in the market in Wacky Neiman at thirty five to one was someone that I did get close to back in, and and the main reason being is that and we had a little bit of a chat about it, it's not Neiman, but the, the course for in general, Brad, that mm. there's a few players that are kind of not performed well here when you expect them nice. to. And when I look at the correlating things that I've thrown up, obviously Sony Open being one of them, he's finished second there. The Heritage, he's finished fifth there. And these are both kind of well-known correlative courses. Don't really need me to tell you about them. 17th for the WGC St. Jude. Um, but one other course I seem to find a little bit of crossover was the Greenbrier, where he's obviously won. Um Bill Haas, Kevin Kisner, and Robert Streb, who have all won here, all finished runner-up at the Green Bay. Austin Cook was fifth there and had a win here. Um, and then a lot of the people that played well at the Green Bay crossed over in those other events as well. So it suggests that while there's not so much evidence of people crossing over both events, they can seem to play the same sort. So I just think that his course form looks terrible, which it is. It's not great um, for someone of his standard, but I just think that he could probably outperform you know, it seems like one of those ones where you don't expect it to come on this course, but he absolutely could. Everyone was on him at Mexico. Was it Mexico? I think they were that everyone was on him. Um, yeah. You know, and suddenly it might be that everyone's gone off him because it's not the right course for him based on course form. And I think it'll be a, a surprise to many if he goes on to win. But worth mentioning, I thought. But Jason, we've now got enough time left in the podcast for you to, to go through your Kevin Kisner conversation well it's punk, punk of the week isn't it i mean it's been all over twitter last year i think we did we were on at windham weren't we at 50 i think yeah. was it something like that yeah, yeah. we were on at 50 <laughs> we, we've you know i've got to be honest if there's one thing we get right on the podcast it is 
and I'm going to say it's the same three people all the time. <laughs> but it is the Webb Simpson, Daniel Berger, Kevin Kisner trio. Yeah. We we seem to somehow manage to to get them right every time. It's the right course. But this is obvious. I mean, everybody's been on all day on Twitter, so I'm not saying anything new. The only thing I'd say about being informed, completely different to, to the DP Worlds. Um, when uh, Austin Cook won this, he came off a tied, uh, tied 50, tied 20, tied 25. When Hughes won it, missed cut, tied 68, tied 26. Streb, tied 55th, missed cut, tied 21. And Kisner, when he won it, it was off a missed cut, tied 26. When he was second, it was missed cut, tied 14, tied 45, missed cut. Hmm. So I don't care about um, uh, current form when you come into here. Obviously, somebody like Harry Singh, if you worry, like similar to Crocker. I mean, I want to know why they withdrawn. I want to know they're fit. Yeah. We've seen that with him. That's fine now. Um, so I can't be on English because of that. So I'm not bothered about Kisner's uh, recent form. However, it's actually hidden. You know, if you look at the actual stats, uh, they're far better than um, than his actual his actual results have, have indicated. Um, it, um, where am I going? Scrambling wise, scrambling wise, I think is important here. I think um, if we go through it, um, of the top five scramblers uh, in each of the last few years, I think we've had. Um, for example, last year they kept, they finished first, second, twelfth, uh, top five of 2019. Duncan was first, Norham was tenth, etc. So you go through it all. You have to be good at scrambling. You have to be a par four player. Um, I think they, literally the whole of the top six finish in the top seven of par four, something something along those lines. Um, he's absolutely flying in that regard. Um, scrambling wise, fifth at CJ, tied thirty to BMW, twentieth at Wyndham, sixth at Travellers, fourth at uh, Charles Schwab. Around the green, eighth at um, CJ, second at the BMWs, tenth in scrambling for um, the Charles Schwab as well. Form here is obvious. Uh, putts really, really well on these greens. Um, it's one of the best putters on these greens. Putts well in Hawaii, putts well in Mexico. Um, I don't think it's anything clever, but anybody that got 50s this morning is uh, yeah. sitting on the goal because Did that's is, is mad. 33s is probably mad. 28 is his price. So you, so you still still a backer at thirty three to one as opposed yeah, to the fifty. Twenty eight. So the only the only concern I've got is how poorly he's in his irons compared to how he was when he came into this event last year. And I I completely agree that that Kevin Kisner's current form never bothers me because there's there's probably three courses or four courses a year that he can win at and the rest you he says it himself he can't win there. Yeah, so, he openly said that. Yeah, didn't he? like it doesn't matter. So. The only thing you want to see from him is that he's hitting his irons decently and he's not at the moment. But yeah. that could also be tied into the fact that he's just playing courses that don't suit it. Yeah, well, Kevin Nars not playing, so I have to go with Kisner. <laughs> no, but look, I think I think at 50 to 1 it was outrageous. At 33 to 1, I don't feel like I have to back him anymore. And and, and obviously gone with. Is that, what he is? Is, that what, is that what he is now? Yeah, 33 yeah. to 1 now. Um, so, and, and I get that. I get. I think that what you know, yeah, what Jason is agreeing with is that. This should have been his price this morning. He should have started at thirty-three to one, yep. and mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. and then if he got back down to twenty-eight to one, you can go well, just leave him alone now, or twenty-five to one, or whatever. But the fact he was yeah. ever fifty is just outrageous. But it's eight, it's eight places, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's the key to it. If first, if, if, if you go the old style, first five, you look at it and go, mm, but you can get eight places. I mean, it's there's a lot of rubbish in here, isn't it? Yeah, mm. and, and that's the thing is, I think that you know the the next tier of golfers is is relatively decent. You know, coming up in this market, but once you get beyond that, it's it's a it's a tough old list of, of players here that you know. There's a few that you don't know a lot about. There's a few you know too much about. You don't want to back. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that would just be 
here because they're obligated to start before the end of the year. Like I just there's probably a pool of like 30, 40 players I'm really interested in, and of course there's always one that seems to fly off at 400 to one or whatever. That it, because it's that type, it's in a resort course, and if you if you dodge him with your irons and your putter one day, you can you can do that. But um, yeah, I think when it comes down to it, I thought that that this sort of market, you know, when you look at 30s, it's Russell Henley, Kevin Kisner, Wacky Neiman. They're they're much better bets, I think, than Noren. Uh, Keegan Bradley I don't particularly like at this golf course um, you know I'd be like Max Homer last week he doesn't didn't really do anything for me annoyingly so he'll probably win this week but I think they're much better bets in comparison to those um, it's going to be a little while before I get on to my next selection so Jason have you got any others near Kevin Kisner in the market nope no Brad who is your next man up in your uh, my next one is uh, Joel Damon yep. at 60 to 1 and a bit similar to you mate with uh, Neiman yep. um, hasn't got the best course history at Sea Island yep. uh, 57th missed cut 37th 49th missed cut last five starts so but I'm ignoring that this week because um, I think he's just had a, an excellent year I'm a massive fan of his and yeah he's playing his best golf and closed with 65 last week finishing a tie for 5th First and only PGA Tour win came on a windy coastal track. Some top 20 finishes at Pebble Beach, Sony Open, RBC Heritage in the past, so which is likely a better comp. Um, but yeah, ranked in fifth in ball striking, just caught my eye. So it's just it's just hitting it really well, and I'm not sure if he's going to be that popular because of his uh, course history, but. He, has, he sort of ticks a lot of boxes and the yeah, type of player I'd want to target this week I think he could could go well he's not playing like the type of player Jason that we thought when he came out and said that he, if he could do anything else and make as much money he wouldn't bother playing golf like he doesn't he seems to be actually taking it a bit more seriously this year seems to be in a lot better form when you look down his top 20 like performances on the, the OWGR it's littered with like top 5s and top 10s which you probably wouldn't imagine for someone today when you think he's kind of been here and there every now and then but it's actually a very solid career he's carving out so it will be interesting to see if he can turn around the course form yeah yeah absolutely wonder how much uh bills back in <laughs> anyway yeah. um there was another one that you mentioned to me brad as, as we were mentioning earlier and he's on islet and it was matt coocher um that mm. for me he he's very much in the profile of someone that should play a lot better at this golf course than he does like and I just I don't really understand, and I've been looking for somewhere to back him because I yeah, thought it was going to be Mexico. I thought it was going to be, um, <sighs> you know, and he's and he's not quite, you know, he's 29th, 36th, 35th, 22nd. He's not shooting the lights out. But it just feels like Kucha's suddenly coming back to not his best. He's nowhere near his best, but you know, he's coming back to where he can perform and where he's performs is wins at Hawaii, wins at Heritage, wins at Honda Classic. Um, exactly. yeah. second at Heritage again as well Colonial second another one I flashed up as a, as a correlating course like, everything suggests that Matt Kutcher should play well here mm-hmm. and he plays well at courses that Kevin Kisner plays well at um, and, and he yeah. hasn't And he's a sneaky play this week he hmm. is a sneaky play yeah, yeah. no I mean he's trending isn't he in his last few starts so it looks looks to be playing well and as you say he shows up in these type of events so and he's a winner like yeah. he's just a winner he's still got plenty plenty left in the tank 
So uh, yeah, he's. I think he's a very uh, sneaky player. I like. I actually like him. Yeah, I think. He'd be but a... I didn't get there. But I think it's a yeah, not a bad bet at all. Yeah, I think he'd be another um, like fantasy player for me. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't really mm. back him on the outright. I think maybe his winning's done. But I could see him winning, nicking a couple before he goes. Um, I think he can. I think he's still got a win in him. I yeah, he'll be one of those ones that tears up the Champions Store. I know that. So. Um, oh God, yeah. There's a few of them. <laughs> he's not even. As, he's not even as old as I think he is. He's only like 43 or something stupid. But I keep but... thinking when Blandy goes on there, he's gonna, he's gonna rip it up. <laughs> he's still got a few years left. <laughs> I think Matt Cooch is only 43. He looks like he could be my granddad. But uh, <laughs> I know. He's, uh, there we go. But Matt Cooch, when you get to the Champions Tour, you may not be able to carry off. But. Um, so the next person in the market for me that I looked at was Danny Lee. Um, and I just wonder, this is more based on where he's played well in the past and the fact that you know, obviously he's got a second and a seventh place finish. And Jason, we've spoken about Danny Lee a couple of times. You put him up recently um, to, to go in the, the top 10, top 20 in the market. And obviously he landed that. Um, but he's won the Green Briar, so if there's any link to what I've put there, then that's obviously a bonus. Sixth place finished at Colonial tends to to keep up form when he gets into it. Good those good finishes recently have both come on coastal tracks in Bermuda and Mexico. Um, I guess it just depends on where he likes putting on the Bermuda greens. Um, but if he's back, you know, in inverted commas, I think Danny Lee's a, a decent player to have on side. That was direct to you, Jason. How was it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did put him up. At, um, I did put him up for you. Um, uh, sorry, put him up at um, Mexico, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Um, when he fly, flew through the 64, um, when he actually should have won Bermuda. To be fair, um, he just went a bit lunatic. Yeah. Um, stretch. Um, so the fact that he finished second was a terrific effort. And, and I, exactly the words I wrote on the on the WRX thing, which uh, was if Danny Lee is back, then he. Yeah, then he's back. Um, I can't argue with you. To be honest with you, I haven't put, I haven't backed him, and I haven't got him as a bet. But um, was he a little bit short in the market for you? It, it, like I put this up without the odds seeing him. I was hoping he was kind of be triple digits, and he's. I don't think he's been missed at you know his well, eighties in one place. No, he's been no, he's been shortening sort of 40, 50 points every week, and, hmm. and you know after a second or seventh. What can you do? You know, what do you want? What do you want yeah. in life? That's what he is. He's an improver, and there's a lot of these that are plodders. So. Um, Fair play. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, we, Brad, we both agree on this next one as well. Um, Luke List. Now, yeah. I slight, obviously, I spoke about Kovrak a lot during the, the the win yesterday, saying that he was kind of written off and you shouldn't do that. That player has got his skill set and he's got to 36 and suddenly like worked out how to win and that was a former you know peak age for for golfers and. It's turned out that way for him, and and you know I think that Luke List at the same age, same relatively same skill set. Yeah. I think he's been overlooked. Like you look at his performances since May, he's got a tied sit for the Wells Fargo, tied fourth for the John Deere, tied fourth for the Barbasol, and then yeah. you know you look at the starts of the season he's had, and he's had a seventeenth for seventh and eleventh as well. I know. Just... It's, it's it's crazy, and he's still eighty to one. And, and oh, I think oh. he's actually being missed. Like I think that. And maybe I'm just getting too excited about Luke List, who's someone that's lit people down perennially. Yeah. But he has the most important skill sets that you need. Um, yeah. He looks, I guess it may be a little bit of a lazy comparison. He's just the same age and, and had the, the non-winning form of, of co-crack. But he lost at the Honda Classic to, to Justin Thomas. That was his best ever finish. Like, and, mm-hmm. you know, that that's obviously a correlating course. Flirting the heritage, yeah. just one side out, out of that playoff. 
Um, his first of his two corner three victories came here in Georgia. Two top tens in Bay Hill where the wind can get up. I just think that and the, the 13th and 4th place finish here on the courses is uh, was pretty impressive at 80 and 90 to 1. 100%. Yeah, everything you just said, pretty much. Yeah, just all just, it all just sort of just builds together, doesn't it? To yeah. just make it look like a really good bet for this week. And if it wasn't for that double down the last, it would have been had a top five last week as well. And I'm you actually know, delighted um, that's the case because he, yeah, he no, would have been 50s, wouldn't he? That's a good shout, yeah, because yeah. it's created a, probably a little bit better value and, and uh, probably less attention on him this week, maybe. Well, but, that's the thing. Yeah. If, if it was a double to, to fall out of winning contention and he blew an event, then you probably wouldn't touch him. You'd just say, that's Luke List and that's what he was mm. doing and a bit of scar tissue, etc. But he was never going to win. So no, he wasn't, no. He, he's dropped a double, maybe going for something to try and place higher. And I, I don't know. I didn't actually see him make the double, but it was, I just thought 80 to 1, 8 places. Yeah. Someone that I think's massively improving i don't i don't suppose the it's not usually that accurate off the tee which is obviously something that's definitely helps here yeah the, the rough um but yeah even last week he was i think it's 24th off the tee like off, yeah. um and 10th in ball, ball striking so yeah if he can replicate that kind of ball striking performance then yeah he's gonna go well isn't he and as you say the comp courses and everything uh it just ticks a hell of a lot of boxes i really love him this yeah week. i'm worried how much i do like him and yeah that's always the way isn't and, it? <laughs> and he was he was a lot bigger than 90s so i thought he was going to be unbackable i thought he was like 33s 40s or 50s and and you couldn't back him but when i saw eight, 80 to 1 eight places and he opened up 110 to 1 this morning like I just thought oh, it was obviously ridiculous. I, I saw a hundred. So yeah. yeah. Just soon didn't last long. That's obviously only five places. So, you know, you, mm. you're giving up a lot there. But, yeah, I just, I just think, I don't want to say the market's missed him because people are a lot more intelligent than I am set these prices. But I just think that he's making that improvement that maybe he's going a little bit undone. Like, we, we've seen Luke List come second and third in, in fits and starts. But now he's just racking off the top tens, top eight finishes um, consistently. It just gives me a lot of positivity i will say that mm-hmm. um on the flip side <laughs> which is weird because i'm gonna gonna say i'm probably gonna put him up as well is is patrick rogers is someone that we've kind of known what he is for a, a relatively decent amount of time um but he started this season with fourth and sixth place finishes at uh, the fourth net in the bermuda um and despite the fact he missed the cut in mexico i think he can bounce back you know he lost that playoff here in 2018 to charles how third jason back in you know two or three years ago, fine around 62 there, which is like you say about a lot of players and probably applies to Patrick Rogers, that that, that seems to be how they might get it done for the first time. Um, and obviously he did, lost that, he did lose that playoff, but it's the second top 10 he's had on the golf course, finishing 10th two years prior. Um, and just the good course form, the current form, where, you know, if, if you're a believer in the upside of Patrick Rogers and think he can win, I think this is a good track for him to do that. Yeah, well, Sundog might want to put him up, wouldn't he? Because he does every week, doesn't he? Hello, Martin. Um, and why not? Yeah, look, as you know, I mean, how, how long are you going to hang on his uh, his potential? I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, look, you can't go wrong. Two top sixes, um, you know, Fortinet and Bermuda. I mean, yeah, Pat's reasonably well on these greens. Um, good memories of here. I mean, at some point, I, I just think some of these players, at some point, it's just going to get to them. Mm. Maybe hasn't with him, you know his recent form isn't that isn't bad at all. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, throw him in. Can't so, argue. Won't back him, but throw him in. It's yeah. more worrying that I've got Luke Lewis and Patrick Rogers are two players I've probably actively avoided in the past. But uh, you know, this is the, these are the cards that we've been dealt this week. But uh, Jason, next up for you in this in this range? 
Well, just in between all that, I thought yep. uh, Seamus Power was worth um, yeah worth another look. Now I I know that he's got four missed cuts, but if you look in between that, you know he's got those rounds, isn't he? he, he he's uh, 65 second round last year didn't quite make the cut. 68, 69, 67 before that, and he is obviously now uh, a much rounded, fully fledged PGA Tour member, whereas before he was just messing about. Um, look, forms in front of you. We all know he's he, he's a bit. Um, He's a bit of a sexy player. He's got a massive following, isn't he? Mm. Uh, a massive Irish following over there. Recent form is brilliant. 21st at Shriners, 12th at Bermuda, 11th at, uh, in Mexico. Again, if, if you look through it, I, I've done the stat last week, but I haven't done it this week. I think that's 75 in his first round at Houston. He's the first round over 72 in like 42 rounds or something. Yeah, It's, it's incredible consistency. Um, and I just thought he let me down last week. I did put him up uh, as one of the prop bets. Um, and, and I just felt, given the fact you know he's top 30 in par fours for the tour over the last three months, um, done much better in his, um, in his scrambling over the last couple of weeks, uh, which has improved his overall stat. And um, 66, I don't think there's a... Again, we haven't reached his ceiling yet. Don't know what he's going to do. And I just think there's enough there. I, I'm, like I say, I'm very impressed with somebody that, that hasn't struck over 72 in, in whatever, 46, once in 46 events, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll put him in. And just one more, Tom. Um, yeah. Well, there was a few that I looked at. Norlander I looked at because he repeats form yeah. in uh, in places all the time. He, he's a really... I think we. I think it was on when he was second here. Let's say. Um, oh, fifth. In my, I can't remember which year it was anyway. Um, so he was worth a big look at. Um, and Hayden Buckley, I thought, was uh, definitely worth a look at. He was top 20 in ball striking on tour in the last three months. Um both in greens, uh, 15th in par fours, but obviously scrambling's a bit dodgy. Um, I like the fact that when he was top 10 at the Albertson, what is Boise, whatever you want to call it, whether he's French or Canadian, um, when you look who he's surrounded by, Aaron Rye was third, Schwab was fourth, um, uh, Christian Bez was 10th, and I can't remember the right end because I haven't got the screen up, was also tied fourth. Oh, Herbert. Yeah. Um, they're all very much the type of player that you'd look at for a course like this. Um, so I think that form might be pretty useful. Um, so they, they were looks at uh, whatever. They might be trades if they go at St. Shoot like 250. But the one I'm going, going to go on, the big rag of the week, is uh, Rory Sabatini. There you go. There we are. <laughs> there's there's the, your Rory uh, bet of the week. <laughs> the Matt nice. Kucha that isn't Matt Kucha. <laughs> right. Rory, Rory Sabatini. It's not uh, South African, though. Third scrambling over the last three months, fifth in par fours over the last three months, all according to tour tips. Um, obviously, he was second tee to green at the Shriners, first around the green, one at Honda, one Hawaii, got form in Pebble, got form at the Farmers, which is difficult. Um, but I, I have no idea what he's going to do, as you haven't got any idea what no. he's going to do either. Um, but ultimately, he was 12th here last year, bookended the, uh, the event with a pair of 65s. No idea. Just 150 to one. There's going to be 250 on Betfair. Um, he just when I was looking through the stats that I wanted, which was um, having a look at um, uh, the RBC as well for form, having a look at around the latest around the green and tee to green stuff. He was there. He was in the top ten. So therefore, at 151, I have to put him up. I've got no choice. Yeah. No, I like that. I think going back to to Seamus Power. I think that's a, it could be a classic case of just not jumping off just on the base of one bad result. Like you, you really, really liked him last week. Um, did 
didn't do it. That's why he must have been. And, <laughs> and, 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 and to me, I would just I would just discount him and just say, well, he's, he's, his run's yeah. ended and that's it. And, and that's a dangerous thing to do because those are the ones that mm. come back and haunt you. I think that when you look at his body of work, like you say there, how many rounds, 42 rounds, whatever it was, since he's you know, shot over 72 is ridiculous. So, um, you know, you, you've got to look at the larger body of work rather than one missed cut. Um, one more here for you at 90 to 1. Um, Brad, before we go on to our little consensus Yeah, I can sort of relate relate to that because I'm not jumping off the, the Aaron Rye brigade just yet. <laughs> I mean, I thought he was actually going to sneak me a place at some point last week. He was, he, was, he was just floating around the level par mark. Then he would go to one under and back to level par. And then, then he got to two under in the end, I think. And uh, yeah, another impressive week. And uh, obviously he couldn't get there for me as a place return. But yeah, ever since Mexico reared, I feel like he sort of settled into the PGA Tour life a bit more because I actually thought he was going to do better uh, at Bermuda, and that but that was actually his first made cut on the PGA Tour. So ever since then, and I didn't take him that week, but ever since then he's obviously had um, two top twenty finishes, and just his ball striking's been excellent. And we all know he can perform in the wind if it does pick up. I just think it could be. I just can't. I can't not take him this week. I had to take him again on the back of that of his finish um, at Houston last week and I think on paper it could be a good fit I know you have to make birdies but we, he can like if he's feeling settled and it's a good uh, course for him he can at the same time as much as I like taking him in tough conditions yeah. it's one of those um, but yeah I hopefully he can, he's going to have to find a hot putter if he has any chance but yeah quite happy to take him again Some, to one. someone was asking about Aaron Rye earlier and I, I sort of said this is a perfect course for him at the right time and and what I meant by that is that Aaron Rye doesn't really have the skill set where he can contend all year round. And my concern mm-hmm. with him on the PGA Tour is that there's probably about three or four events a year that he can yeah. win. Um, and he has to be bang on form that week to do it. Like It all has to be going his right way. And you see it with like Kisner's, but I think Kisner's obviously a, a different level of player to him at the moment. And, and until he proves that, that he can just do that and turn up at the ones that he does and, and finish top 10 every time, like I was always a bit wary on him. With that said... He's now gone back-to-back top 20 finishes on the PGA Tour, comes into a, a course that should suit, um, <clears> and, and I think that would be pretty interesting. So although I couldn't get to him, I thought he was a, a reasonable price to do so, given he's slowly starting to prove me wrong. When I look back at his results, it's actually more upside, I think, there than than maybe I was aware <laughs> of. But um, moving on to our consensus... Actually, let you go to Matthew Neesmith first, Brad, because he was someone yes. that kind of... It's a bit of a, a course horse kind of pick, and in a way, after his last two uh, starts, isn't he? Like he loves, he loves it here. Fourteen yeah. for fifteen, um, but yeah, as we know, fantastic ball striker. He's got good comp form at Pebble Beach and the RBC Heritage, so he, he sort of enjoys these tests. Um, hasn't been in the best of form, uh, but finished like credible forty sixth last week, but still finished inside the top thirty in ball striking, which is just standard for him. Yeah. So yeah, hoping he can uh, crack a top eight at the very least this week. Yeah, yeah someone was asking me about Matthew Neesmith uh, on the podcast last week, um, and he sort of said that he's always sort of put him down to just short, tight, fiddly courses because his ball striking. Mm-hmm. And I sort of said, but he actually plays the tougher events quite well. He plays the Phoenix quite well. He plays Genesis quite well. He's played like the Valspar well. Like he, he can. He can go to the Pebble Beach, like you said. Farmers, he's, he's got a pretty decent range. So 
I think he, I think he's a decent bet. I think he's okay. I think I think he's, he's more bomb, of a top twenty, it? isn't he? I think yeah, I think top twenty is definitely the play. And he's yeah. and he's a he's a fantasy guy. If you're into the mm-hmm. into DraftKings, I think he can uh, knot together some um, birdies on one day and shoot a 63-64. I don't think he can win, but yeah, as I say, I'm hoping he could uh, possibly go one a few better than the 14th and maybe grab me a place. Absolutely. There's there's two players on the before we come on to our last pick. The two players. Um, Data Golf do some world rankings of their own compared to the official world golf rankings, and they weight it a lot more to, to current uh, current performances. Cool. And Taylor Moore is 55th in the world compared to 128th of the world rankings habitat, and Chad Ramey is 61st instead of 164. And it's Chad Ramey that actually caught my eye. Um, I didn't go from him in my early sort of odds checker preview in the end, and. and the reason being is with both him and Moore, I don't really know quite yet what the course is that they're going to suit. But with Ramey, at least he's had that decent uh, decent performances uh, on those kind of Bermuda Mexico tracks so far this season. Um, so of the two, I thought Chad Ramey was probably uh, worth a bet. Sorry, he was good in Bermuda. He was 17, he didn't play Mexico. But um, you know, I, I think that they were he was the one out of the two that I liked better. Um, yeah, but our consensus pick, Brad, was Tyler Duncan. Um, yeah, previous winner. Yeah, previous winner, and, and to, I'll be completely honest. Like, obviously, that comes into your line of thinking. Like, it does. It can't. I, I never. I, honestly, I don't yeah. usually it, go there. It, it has. It has to. Like, I'm not going to sit there and say I didn't pick. I, I'd forgotten Tyler, Tyler Duncan won this event, and I just picked him anyway. That wasn't the case. But when I looked at Tyler Duncan as, as a prospect, anyways, you know, 13th for the Wyndham, 28th for the Heritage. Uh, 24th at the Honda. Like this, this is for someone that doesn't have a lot of good finishes on the PJ Tour. So, you know already what type of player he is. Then you look at yeah. his current form, and he's 14th, 45th, 29th again. Nothing really that special. But when I was looking at people that you know just played well yesterday, like a 66 on that final round. Um, yeah, caught my eye as well. Was it maybe Denny McCarthy, Robert Streb, Damon? You mentioned. Um, and obviously Co-Crack winning it. They were the only guys that really had better rounds than him. Now Tyler yeah. Duncan's coming back to a course that he's already won at. He beat Webb Simpson in a playoff, which, you know, is, is maybe massive. ridiculous in itself. Um, and you look at the fact that he was 25th on debut, and, and he was actually 8th after 54 holes, and, and rightly had a, you know, a, unsurprisingly, should I say, had a, a poor final round when he was in contention. You know, he's 8th after 54. You, you think he can go on and win it, but... He then finished 74th next year, but again was 16th after day one. So, you know, he's got decent rounds there and shot a 66 on the final day. I was just about to say that, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, you look at the first three starts he's made here, and he's got rounds of 68 and 64 the first year. He's got 67 and 66 bookends in the year that he finishes 74th. And then the year he wins, 67, 61, 65. And you can go low, the boy. Even missing the cut last year as defending champion, which you expect. 74 mm. opening round, 66 uh, second yeah. round to miss the cut. So, to me, there's just no real downside in taking a chance on Tyler Duncan. Oh, especially at the odds that he's at as well. I mean, yeah, there's no downside at all. I think he's a great bet this week. And his ball striking was excellent last week. Seventh in ball striking, second in driving accuracy. You know, it's just hopefully he can emulate the success he had in 2019. Yeah, absolutely that. Um a couple of names that I kind of mentioned, want to mention, should I say, uh, Tom Hoagie, hitting the ball really, really well. Loves wedge play, um, play well at the correlating courses. Loves the Sony, so I thought he was decent. 
and then Jason, a couple of them that I thought you would like, uh, in Doug Gim, who played pretty well here last year, and Davis Riley, who probably likes this sort of southern state area you were quite keen on last week. Yeah, Riley, I've been keen on for a couple of weeks. Um, do you know what? It, what? You know, there's a group of them, isn't there? It's just picking up the right one. Riley, Grace and Sieg. Grace you know, and Sieg, um, yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's all these people, you know, and uh, it's just picking the right one. I left them off this week. It's not, it's, like I said to you earlier, it's not a heavy week for me. I'm taking the weekend off. Might get to see the Dubai on Sunday. Um, so it's quite, apart from Kevin Kisner, really, I think is the, is the bet, but it's no, you know, no secret, that one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite impressed with your Tyler Duncan explanation, and um, I might have I might have a good look at him, actually. Hmm. Um, he might he might go in my uh, prop bet article for tomorrow. Um, so cheers for that. That's all right. <laughs> take, take some work off your hands, always like to hear. But um, Grayson Sig's one was worth mentioning because he yeah. is yeah. part of that. Yeah. You know, he's Augusta, Georgia-born, University of Georgia-educated. Um, so then he moved to play at the at Sea Island Saint Simmons. So yeah, exactly. That was that became his uh, his home. There's loads, isn't there, to love about that? Um, Davis Thompson was I think was it date last year? Yeah, about Davis yeah, Thompson. Yeah, his dad does the course, is it? Yeah, I, 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 think the course, I, I think I, I can't remember last year, Jason. I don't know if you remember. I think I went on some tangent about him maybe nearly winning or did win the Jones Cup and the was he first University round leader? Was he? Not he, here. Oh, he was really crap here last year because oh crap! Was I it got really year? excited. I swear there was one year he went. He came flying out there. Probably oh, was that was oh, that a major? He done it at three M. I think he went. He went. Oh, yeah, I think um, yeah. But he, yeah. I got really excited about him last year and he was shit. So you know, <laughs> there's, there's that to avoid. Um, I thought it was really clever. I think he was five hundred to one or something stupid, and he was going to be. He was a thousand to one. I bet fair. Um, and he missed the cut. And well, I, I, I recently took him in the Corn Ferry finals because that was at the club club car championship. I think no, yeah, that was in Georgia. And uh, he was saying that he had a. I found out a bit of information that he plays there quite a lot, and I was like really excited. He was like, I think he was like fifty to one. And uh, yeah, he didn't. I think he was like three over for the whole event in the end. So yeah, he, he shot yeah. 77-73 here last year to to finish almost dead last. So uh, yeah. the only people. That, Worse than Brendan Steele and Anthony Cordes. So, and I don't even know who Anthony Cordes is. So, um, yeah, it, it wasn't good. But um, you know, there, there's a ton of names down here, and, and we could probably speak all night about people at 400 and 500 to one that you could chuck in. Um, I'm not going to bother because no. I honestly don't have the energy to explain it. And maybe there'll be some, you know, long bombs that we might put up on Twitter. I'll probably do my little thousand to one thing that I do every now and then. Uh, and pick yeah, one from fun. there but um, yeah look, I, I'm I'm pretty happy with the people I've got the team I've got despite the fact it gives me the heebie-jeebies on paper um, I think there's good reason for it so if no one else has got any other business I'll uh, summarise our picks that's all good Jason anything else for you? yeah just just very quick just quickly sorry very very quickly just um, uh, Bernard Langer yeah it's just unbelievable this week he couldn't walk uh, you know literally after the first round he could not walk. 72 mm. second round. Jim Furyk's in front. Jim Furyk's going to win everything. Um, and then Langer comes back with a 63 third round. Man's an absolute... Oh, he's just a... He's uh, a machine. A I, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he was actually legitimately like a machine. Like, you know, like a Terminator. Yeah, like he's back. Yeah, like he's, and, he's running on oil. And, and, just, and, and again, just to, um, I know you've got to go, Tom, so apologies. Um, the um, LPGA yeah. based to this CME Globe has been absolutely brilliant. Um, 
uh, Jin Young Ko and Lily Calder. Uh, nobody saw the, uh, I've written an article about it, nobody saw the um, the end to um, competition over the weekend. Calder was clear, she hit treble yeah. bogey on 17, bounced back birdie on 18, four-way playoff, which she, of course she eventually wins. Um, there's about, you know, I don't know, about 10 pence in between them. Um, final event this week. Uh, it's going to be absolutely awesome. Hopefully, whoever wins it, the other one gets player of the year. So at least shared, shared the uh, It's going to be Yuka Sasso, I'm telling you that now. <laughs> but, oh, it's potential. There's always, there's always a... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just uh, making a ballsy statement. For every John Rahm, isn't there? Um, but, you know, uh, just, just to cover them... Sorry, Tom. No, that's fine, mate. Um, no, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm equally excited. Correctly, if I'm wrong, was it three of the world's top five in the playoff yesterday? Is it, yeah, you had Lydia yeah. Coe, Nelly Calder, um, uh, I can't remember the other two. Now, I can't remember who it was. Jin Young Coe was there as well, wasn't she? Jin Young Coe. Lydia, 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 and, uh, you know, Jin Young-Ko just, just fought her way all the way. Uh, back on Jin Young-Ko. Again, sorry, Tom, but it's tough. Um, you can edit it out if you want, mate. Right, she's two on. She's two on. Now, nobody wants to bet two on, but she's two on to finish top ten this week in the basically the Tour Championship. Right, these are her, these are her form figures. Six one one two six one nine sixty. Okay, the Evian and, and one. Okay, she flew at the end last week to finish sixth. Um She's two on. She won here last year. She's got a couple of other top 12s. If you don't want to have another bet, two on, go. You're not going to get that in the bank, are you? Effectively free money. (laughs) Just just had it in with a double of Roy McIlroy and just sweat it all out on a Sunday. Um, No, no, I like it. There's there's a lot of things. And Jason, just give us uh, a little uh, tip to where we can find that column that you wrote on that as well. Uh, Golf WRX is... um, In fact, you'll find a column a day on something golf-related anyway. Uh, <laughs> keeping you very busy over there, aren't they? Yeah, they've kept me extremely busy, yeah, which is good. It's always nice. I like being under pressure. Yeah, that's how, that's how we do our best work. But let me just uh, summarise my picks in the DP World Tour. So I had Bernd Wiesberger, who's originally 22 to 1. He's now obviously gone into 20s. Uh, I had Dean Burmeister at 40 to 1 now, and Danny Willett at 55 to 1. I do think there's potential to look at someone like Garrett Higo, but I just don't think there's any need to really go beyond the three that i've gone for um over in the rsm classic i've gone for russell henley who's now 30 to 1 uh i've gone for danny lear 80 to 1 luke list and patrick rogers at 90s or 80s whatever you can get and tyler duncan i really like the value on at 125 to 1 uh jason your picks for me please mate uh, if morikawa doesn't win by a hole which i don't think he will and i'm gutted to have left off uh Minwoo lee um I've got Sean Crocker, 55-60, uh, Francisco Laporta, 70-odd. Uh, agreed with you on Danny Willett at 55. Um, I will have a look at the without market on all of those. And, yeah. uh might be the way to play. We'll have a look. And over at the... Um, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Over at the... Uh, wherever it is. Right, Kevin Kisner. <laughs> I'm coughing and I'm done now. Kevin Kisner, everybody in the world's on, but it's perfectly obvious why. Uh, Seamus Powell, give another chance to. Matt Kuchar. The plot his way to an eight. Um, Tyler Duncan, I love, I love, I think both of you put up a fantastic argument for him, so I'll have him. And Rory Sabatini, I don't know what the hell he's going to do. <laughs> Neither does he as well, so that's always good to know. Um, Bradley, your uh, picks for us this week. 
Uh, yep. It's very formal the, as well. Drop on your Bradley there. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, no, no, I sound like my parents. <laughs> I thought I was in trouble for a second. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the DP World Tour Championship, I've got uh, Fleetwood 20 to 1. Um, I've got Wiesberger 22 to 1. Uh, Burmester 45 to 1. And uh, Keimer 70 to 1. These are the prices I got. I don't know if they're still about. Um, and for the RSM Classic, I've got Henley 30 to 1. Uh, Damon 60 to 1, List at 80 to 1, Rye 90 to 1, Tyler Duncan 125 to 1, and uh, Naismith at 125 to 1. And I would say that that's our last event of the year as the as the PJ Tour comes wrapping up, but the European Tour 2022, or sorry, the DP World Tour 2022 starts next week in South Africa, so we won't be going anywhere. We will be here and We'll all have to work overtime over the winter break. But uh, thank you all for listening as ever. If you could rate and subscribe to the podcast, that always helps us out. And uh, any feedback you may or have, direct it to Halfway House on Twitter, please. Um, Thank you very much for uh, joining, gents, and uh, good luck this week. (laughs) 